0: Welcome. Hello, this is Tiffany Marchink, the host of the Medal of Honor podcast. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to let you know that what you're going to be hearing this week is a little different than what you are accustomed to hearing each week on this podcast. Typically, I will sit down with a service member, a veteran, a family member, or somebody who provides a service to the military and veteran communities. When I sit down with them, we talk about what life in the military looks like, the transition from military service to civilian life, and then what they're up to nowadays. This week, you're going to be hearing questions from service members and veterans as it relates to medical and health issues. I took those questions asked and took it before a panel of health providers. The panel consists of from mental health providers, women's health issues, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and more. You will hear the questions asked by the veterans as well as the answers provided by these medical professionals. You will also hear some people who were live present their questions. Morning. The content you're going to hear on this episode is for informational and educational purposes only and does not substitute professional medical advice from your primary care provider. The panelists of these professionals are now going to introduce themselves.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Nola. I'm a clinical psychologist, but I am the CEO of the Solutions Consulting LLC. And what we do is that we provide CEUs, which are continuing education for drug and alcohol counselors and mental health counselors. So although I'm no longer in the field of seeing clients, we provide the education needed for counselors to continue providing excellent care. Hey everyone, my name is Ray Hahn. I am currently a rating veteran service representative, and what I do is I adjudicate claims for VA disability benefits. And, and if it, what, that, what that means essentially is I look at uh, medical records, I look at legal information, administrative information. What I do is I t- make determinations on the disability, whether or not we can grant or deny monetary benefits to veterans that may have sustained injuries or military service. Uh, prior to that, I would make Corpsman for eight years. Uh, Combat medic serving in Iraq, but after that again, I decided to move on to a military role. So I'm actually able to marry my legal, my love for legal and uh, healthcare into uh, an occupation. So I love what I do. Any questions that you might have about the disability compensation benefits on board answer. Thank you. Dr.
0: Nola Beasy is an Air Force veteran herself. Hey
1: everyone, I'm Toby. I am a certified personal trainer and natural bodybuilding coach, military spouse. And for me, I focus. The main focus of what I do is consulting and training, uh, both virtually and in person. Um, My contract out with one of the gyms here at the uh, base here in Tampa, at Air Force Base. um, Teaching strength and conditioning and things like that. Uh, I specialize in natural uh, muscle growth and recovery. I like to show up in my class. So we're trying to get back, back in shape. I'm trying to get stronger for the PT test, um, especially the uh, people in the Army that so they've changed over to their uh, new um, ACFG. Um, I do some consulting for uh, the few doctors. Uh, one of them is an orthopedic surgeon. I uh, am here to answer any questions that have to do with uh, anything that you know may have to do with ACE pains. Um, general fitness, and kind of nutrition, anything like anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, that's me. Good morning. Good morning. I'm LJ Johnson. I'm a women's hormone coach. I specialize in endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids. Um, I'm also a licensed therapist, and I have all things functional health, integrated medicine, and women's health. I'm super, super excited to be a part of this panel dear and dear. My heart is veterans. My daughter is an Air Force or an Airman. She's an Air Force. <laughs> she is an Airman. She just went from active duty into reserve, uh, possibly switching back to active duty with all the fun stuff that we have going in the world today. My dad was Marine, moved on to be a higher-level governor of security. I've got a sister that was an officer in the Navy, and I also served in a small capacity um, when I was living in and so I am super excited and just, yeah, all all human health, natural
0: healing and health, that is my damn help. That is our panel for this week's episode of the Medal of Honor. This episode is just the first segment in a couple of episodes as the recording for this occurred over several days. I am your host, Tiffany Marchink. Before we take off with this episode... I do want to give you a bit of a background as to why we're doing this. I am a military veteran that retired after 24 years of service on both active duty and reserves. I have found that there is a need for those in the military and veteran communities to have a platform to share their genuine and authentic stories. Not their resumes, CVs, bios, list of awards and accomplishments but an opportunity for them to share what life was like both in service during the transition and life as a veteran after service. I am a firm believer that there is hope and healing as a person shares their story. I believe it helps boost an individual individual's confidence as they share their story, and it provides hope to the listener who might be experiencing the same or similar issue or obstacle in life, to know that there is indeed life on the other side of that said issue. The third reason for doing this podcast is for educational purposes. For those not tied to the military and seeks out a clear sight of what life is like in the military and veteran communities, this podcast is for you. It is also educational in the sense of providing information and resources for those in these two communities, the military and veteran communities. This episode, we're going to be talking about different questions or answering different questions that some of these veterans have had. Many of the questions were provided to me in advance, and other questions are asked live during the recording. Let's tune in now. In this segment, I want us to talk about a military sexual trauma. A military sexual trauma, or MST, refers to sexual assault or sexual harassment experienced during military service. Veterans of any gender, ethnicity, all types of backgrounds have experienced MSTs. An MST includes any sexual activity during military service where a veteran was involved against their will, they may have been pressured into sexual activity. For example, with threats of negative consequences for refusing to be sexually cooperative or with implied better treatment in exchange for sex. An MST can also involve a person who is unable to consent to sexual activity. For example, when intoxicated or. You're a person is already asleep, they were not able to consent. Another example is being physically forced into sexual activities. Other experiences that fall into the category of MST include unwanted sexual touching or grabbing, including during any hazing experiences. Any remarks made about a person's physical appearance or comments about a person's sexual activities, unwelcomed sexual advances that a person found threatening, the identity or characteristics of the perpetrator, whether a veteran was on or off duty at the time, and whether they were on or off base at the time, do not matter.
1: A female service member experienced a type of sexual trauma when she informed her chain of command about this she was blown off this service member began to act out in negative ways and subsequently was dismissed or discharged from the military on a negative character of service meaning that it was either a general discharge other than honorable or dishonorable discharge when you receive this type of discharge Many benefits are no longer available to the veteran who received this particular type of discharge.
0: Ray, I wonder if you have any insight on that. What is the level of care that a veteran can receive when being discharged from the military if it's something that's not an honorable discharge? Like general, other than honorable, dishonorable. What can that individual take advantage of, with the VA, once discharged?
1: Discharged, you cannot get care at the VA. Uh, so the way I was talking to me about potentially overcoming that is to, number one, go to the, the vet center, which is part of the VA technically, but pedantry is also considered a separate entity, so you can get behavioral health treatment at the vet center. It doesn't matter what your character of discharge is, but you're limited to mental health treatment oh, only. And the other, uh, the other, and that would be more of a stopgap measure, right? Just getting the care you need, the mental health care you need. But more, the more, uh, definitive solution would be to contact an organization like Source Plowshares where they specialize in getting character of discharge upgrade. So she may go from a bad or dismal discharge to a general discharge. Which will allow her to now not only be able to get VA care, but also potentially be uh, eligible for VA disability compensation benefits. So, if she were to be found to have a military sexual trauma due to the guy who hunted his or the guy who that she had a Mises marker, well, we could potentially give her monetary benefits to help with that or help compensate for what happened in service. So, I will let that your question. Can I say that you know that I might be a bit much? Does have a right?
0: Dr. Vesey, you make a great point.
1: Uh, I want to take, away and take a step back. I want to address Dr. Vesey's uh, situation first and, and in regards to what's being offered. And let's say, for example, this veteran reports claim you know, to the VA today, right? Um, and... can be behavior related, right? It could be she may have done drugs, and well, that could be she may have been self-medicating due to the MS, right? That could be a situation, but the VA does her due diligence to obtain the information to make an administrative decision, and that administrative decision will be one: we will grant you an honorable discharge for VA purposes, which means that we, you know, we just because you had a bad kind of discharge technically. It doesn't meet the threshold to get VA benefits. We're going to give you an honorable VA purposes. And again, that's dependent on the facts and circumstances of record. The other way to VA can to go is if on the administrative discharge. They, they can say, no, we're holding that care discharge, uh, so And, you know, we can't give you compensability, We can't give you money. But we can take a look and see if we can offer you health care services under U.S. Code 1702. And what that means is that if, if she went to a VA examination and she got a diagnosis, or maybe she had treatment in service or, uh, went to a doctor within two years of being discharged from service and she had a diagnosis, then the rater, someone like me, can take a look at that and say, okay, she was diagnosed with major depressive disorder within two years of discharge. Therefore, I can't, since I can't grant compensability, I can't give her money, I can still grant U.S. Code 1702. And what that does is that allows her to go to a VA medical center and to get mental health treatment
0: at no cost to her. If I go and take advantage of this Veterans Choice program, am I limited on a certain amount of visits? For example, I might want to go and talk to a female provider that my local VA is not currently equipped with. Am I limited to like 6, 12 sessions and then I'm done? What does that look like? Especially if I feel as though I need more time than just those three, six, nine, twelve, 12, whatever amount of sessions that I'm being provided.
1: No, anytime you go through uh, the choice program they're in a cap initially on the number of sessions you can have. It doesn't matter if it's chiropractic, mental health, uh any specialty care, there is a cap on what the indiv- uh, individual can go see that camera for initially a front. Because this is actually paid for and covered by Tri So it's it's uh and again just to make sure that you know I say Tri West because I again I know that to be where I'm at it is Tri TriCare north or south, whatever the case may be. That may be dependent on your reach. However, we have Tri-West and the Midwest where I'm at. So that being said, um, yes, again, there is cap. And, again, the, uh, it depends on the specialty, how many it, uh, how many encounters they give you at any one time. Um, there is always potential for you to continue that care. But, again, that is up to, number one, it has to be a mutual agreement between the, the contracted provider. Like, say, for example, I want to go and see Dr. B. Talking about. I wanted to see Dr. B, my first encounter be covered, and probably most likely I did the next five encounters, so a total of six encounters would be covered. And if there is a good provider-patient relationship and I want to continue that, and if the VA Choice Program will continue it or allow it, or TriWest will allow it, then we can continue that uh, that relationship and continue having that treatment. But again, it's all based on, number one, the availability of your local VA. If they can accommodate you, they don't have to let you go through that choice program. Um, uh, but, again, if that's not something that can be accommodated, definitely uh, reach out and see if that option is available. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Nola. I'm a clinical psychologist, but I am the CEO of The Solutions Consultant, LLC. And what we do is that we provide CEUs, which are continuing education for drug and alcohol counselors and mental health counselors. So, although I'm no longer in the field of seeing clients, we provide the education needed for counselors to continue providing excellent care. Hey everyone, my name is Ray Hahn. I am currently a rating veteran service representative and what I do is I adjudicate claims for media disability benefits. And and what that that means essentially is I look at uh, medical records, I look at legal information, administrative information. What I do is I make determinations on the accessibility whether or not we can grant or deny monetary benefits Veterans, I may have sustained injuries or disease welfare service. Uh, prior to that, I was a them for eight years, a combat medic, serving in Iraq. Um, but after that, again, I decided to move on to the administrative role, so I'm actually able to marry my legal, my love for legal and uh, healthcare into uh, an occupation. So I love what I do, and any questions that you might have about uh, disability compensation benefits on board, one only answer. Thank you. Dr. Nola Beasy is an Air Force veteran herself. Hey, everyone. I'm Toby. Um, I am a certified personal trainer, and natural bodybuilding coach, military spouse. And for me, I focus. The main focus of what I do is consulting and training, uh, both virtually and in person. Um, I contract out with uh, one of the gyms here at the uh, base here in Tampa, McGill Air Force Base, um, teaching strength and conditioning and things like that. Uh, I specialize in natural, uh, muscle growth and recovery. Uh, <clears throat> so I work with a lot of, uh, active service members and things like that, especially after COVID. Um, I like showing up in my class that we're trying to get back in, back in shape. Um trying to be stronger for the PT test, um, especially the, uh, people in the army that so they've changed over to their, uh, new, uh, um, um, I do some consulting for, uh, the few doctors, uh, the an orthopedic surgeon. I uh, am here to answer any questions that have to do with uh, anything that you know may have to do with ACE pains, um, general fitness and kind of nutrition, anything like anything like that. Uh, so yeah, that's me. Good morning, good morning. I am LJ Johnson. I am a women's hormone coach. I specialize in endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids. And I'm also a licensed therapist and I have all things functional health, integrated medicine, and women's health. I am super, super excited to be a part of this panel. Dear and dear, my heart is veterans. My daughter is an Air Force or an Airman. She's an Air Force. <laughs> she is an Airman. She just switched from active duty into reserve. Uh, possibly switching back to active duty with all the fun stuff that we have going in the world today. My dad was a Marine, moved on to be a higher-level governor of security. I've got a sister that was an officer in the Navy, and I also served in a health capacity um, when I was living in there. And so I am super excited and just, yeah, all, all these women's health, natural healing and health. That is my damn health. The doctor is in. You hear us, we hear you. Why is it still so hard for military sexual trauma survivors to find consistent support in VA facilities?
0: Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Here are some other questions that are going to be addressed in future episodes as it relates to this health care panel. Hello Can chronic pain be linked to stress and mental health issues like p t s depression, or anxiety?
1: Thank you, Tiffany, so much for hosting this podcast. Um, my name is Christy, and I'd like to know. How far in advance someone with PCOS should come off of birth control before starting to try to get pregnant, and also how far in advance to start taking prenatal vitamins. Thank you so much.
0: What are some holistic approaches I can use to help with fibroids? Army veteran Tiffany Markink was a guest on episode 122 of Women of the Military podcast hosted by Amanda Huffman. This is Tiffany's response to Amanda's question. What would you tell young women thinking about joining the military? I would tell them to do it. You, you never know until you try it. And I would tell all young women who are looking at joining the military, I would not try to swage you to do a certain job or join a certain branch, because at the end of the day, it's all the U.S. military. So I would challenge, I would challenge them to do their research to find the branch and the job that fits what their desires and goals are because their needs can be met in all of the branches. And it's, again, it's all the U.S. military. So I would tell them to you know, do the research and then pursue it. And once they get in, I would just challenge them to go full force and, and make the best of themselves that they can while they're serving and take advantage of every opportunity that comes their way. Thank you. Have a nice
1: day. Subscribe now.